Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Reagan, joined by John, and it is the Monday episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. Today's an all-NFL news episode, so let's dive right into it, starting with Bucks training camp. Kyle Trask has been a bit of a letdown, which is something that I did not expect. But Tom <laughs> Brady is apparently doing better than he's ever done, and that's just another day in the office for Tom Brady. Let's talk about that. Yeah, uh, apparently he's been throwing the ball better. Uh, as which I don't know how people are that gauging that. Like He already throws the ball the best in the NFL. He's the best quarterback. Well, I mean, just because you're the best quarterback doesn't mean you throw the ball the best. But uh, I think... It means, as far as the deep ball is concerned, uh, you're not going to really believe this. Bray's arm, uh, arm's better than I've ever seen it. And the, it's a longtime quarterback coach who coached the, uh, Peyton Manning, um, and that's what he said. He said it's, hmm. it's been the best. You're not going to believe it because, you know, Tom Bray well, doesn't need saying. to get better. Uh, but that kind of a scary thought i feel like every offseason there's another <laughs> little bit about how tom brady is better in some form whether that's arm strength whether that's you know speed strength doesn't matter something tom brady's doing better every single offseason and sometimes you'll even hear about it week over week like during the season tom brady got better at something uh and there's only about four days to do it and i think that's just because he's been in the league for such a long time that he understands how to you know condition himself he understands how to get better he knows who to you know talk to because any coach uh past or present or anyone would be happy to take you know tom brady's phone call and help him out and he's also willing to learn and get better every single time so he's he's gaining in skill which is something that's going to be super helpful for him and it makes this tampa team even more scary because whenever like for normal reports of players you kind of just take it um, with a grain of salt until you see it on the actual football field um, but as far as Tom Brady is concerned, because he's proven that all those reports are accurate and that he and of himself, even if the report doesn't come out, he's still practicing, he's still playing better. It makes it very believable. So I don't think there's anybody that read that report that's like, oh, Tom Brady's making that up or this guy's making it up. He's actually not that much better. But also now having Russell Gage and Chris Godwin and Julio Jones uh, and Mike Evans now to catch the deep ball for him and, and Scotty Miller um there's plenty of targets to throw the ball deep to i mean a couple years ago when they played the green bay packers in the nfc championship game i want to say it was and uh scotty miller had that deep touchdown pass to tie up it or get him back into the game uh pretty close to halftime i want to say and they end up winning that game so if his deep ball is getting better and his arm strength looks better then he has the most lethal combination of accuracy timing uh, being able to predict and read a defense and arm strength. I don't think there's any quarterback yep. that could possibly, you know, trump that. But what and Tom Brady's doing is kind of rude at the same time because all the future generation quarterbacks are all going to try to strive for this 45-year-old age uh, and playing better than every other quarterback that's like 30. Um, but I well, don't sometimes think, younger than that. Too. I don't think anyone's going to make that that type of jump. Tom Brady, I feel like this is kind of like one in a lifetime type player yep. to watch kind of like curry uh but yeah tom brady the last thing he needs is something someone to say that he's lacking in an area and, or or he might become you know even better and then he'll never quit yep and it's just these kinds of athletes just come around every once in a while and they're 
they're not going to be matched. Tom Brady will probably go unmatched for decades. He's just setting records left and right. Like there's yep. three. I think there's like two or three records he could set. You know, this next season. So yeah, we need more. Well, that's a scary thought for the rest of the NFC, right? NFL. Because and, well, just whole NFL. The whole <laughs> We're going to go the whole NFL because they had to play in the playoffs. That's and true. They got to play in the Super Bowl, and everyone's crying. Yep. All right, let's talk about some trades that are being rumored. OBJ is going to maybe go to the Bills. We were talking about this earlier. And Josh Jacobs is now not going to be traded from the Raiders. Let's talk about those two things. Yeah, so the the Josh Jacobs one came just because he played some snaps in in, um, in preseason, a Hall of Fame game, and no other starter played pretty much as far as the offense is concerned for the Raiders. No Derek Carr, no Hunter Renfro, no Darren Waller, no Devontae Adams. So having Josh Jacobs on the field surprised a lot of people. And then Josh uh, McDaniels came out and just said, I like to get my starters on the field. I like to get them uh, get started, get acclimated to getting hit um, and give opportunities. So that's why Josh Jacobs played. Uh, And then on training camp live, um, I think it was Ian Rappaport basically said, you know, no trade rumors are happening. They like Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is a key piece for him. He's not going anywhere. No one trades their all-star player, basically the equivalent of what he said in about a minute. Uh, And so that rumor, I feel like got, you know, blown up to gigantic proportions for no reason. Uh, I don't think anyone really thought Josh Jacobs was genu- like genuinely going to be traded from this Raiders team. That makes zero sense just because, yes, they've got a decent set of you know backup and possible rotation pieces, but there's no way they're going to put Josh Jacobs and just send him out uh, to go to a different squad, especially with how close this team is to being a Super Bowl team. I kind of feel like they're pro- prob- probably even an AFC contending team in the next couple of seasons to get to the Super Bowl. But that's beside the point. I thought that was kind of overreacted over the, over the weekend. Not too much to talk about there. Obviously, I didn't think that when I saw him on the field, I was glad he was on the field because I wanted to see some starters get in there and get you know get played. And like we'll talk about the biggest myths of you know at preseason NFL. That's one of them that I think it, you know is kind of riding over the NFL. As far as the OBJ rumors are concerned, uh, you touched on it. Um, the uh, Von Miller basically said you know he's liking life as a Buffalo Bill, and then OBJ sent back to him and said. Um, Basically, what's the locker room or the locker next to yours looking like? And Von Miller hit it back with, uh, it's been empty since the day I got here waiting for you. Uh, and then he also said, let's chase a ring together again. And then OBJ is like, again? Don't start <laughs> this again. You know what happened last time. Uh, and he was the one that reason that OBJ came to the Rams in the first place and they won the Super Bowl together. Uh, and now he's a, still a free agent, um, kind of just sitting out there, had the ACL injury. The Rams want him back. I've heard quite a few different teams in the mix for him. The Packers blew their chance to have him. The, I mean, first of all, there's two sides of this. If he goes to the Buffalo Bills, that will spice up the first game of the season even more. To get two ex-Rams um, that won the Super Bowl together playing against their yeah, old that'd be team an amazing game. on the first game, that's a little bit of a full circle. Even if it doesn't happen, Von Miller is still going to, you know, play his old team and sack his old quarterback probably once and then probably laugh about it forever. Um, And if not, and if this does happen, Buffalo doesn't need this, right? Their team is already super talented. Yes, I think they lost Cole Beasley, so that would just help. But they've already got Stephon Diggs. OBJ, Stephon Diggs is a lethal duo. Josh Allen plus uh, James Cook plus Devin Singletary plus... Uh, Zach Moss plus, you know, I think I mentioned Josh Allen plus, you know, OBJ and Stefan Diggs. And then you look defensively, you got Micah Hyde, you got, <clears throat> excuse me, Von Miller now. So you would have such a dominant Bills team that 
I don't know if they could be stopped AFC wise. So I think the Rams need to put their best foot forward and try to bring back OBJ. But the problem is it seems like Von Miller and OBJ have a pretty good relationship. Uh, and this has been rumored for quite some time that a Rams or a, a OBJ Von Miller reunion could have happened. Um, and honestly, it's one of those situations where that'd be fascinating. Probably the biggest story of the offseason at this point leading up to the season is, you know, this is a month out from the very first game of the season. Will OBJ land at, with the Rams and play or will he land in Buffalo and play the Rams still? So either way, he's still playing the Rams for first game of the season. Yeah. Uh, or playing Buffalo first game of the season. But, like, whoever gets him automatically... Now, like, this Rams team is talented and they won the Super Bowl. They're still equally as talented. I don't know if it'd be the smartest move to just peace out quite yet. I would wait a year, maybe sign a year or two contract, and then go to Buffalo once this team... You know, the Rams, you probably got the last little bit of mileage out. He got, you know, out of Aaron Donald and Bobby Wagner. These last couple guys play with them and then go to Buffalo because Von Miller was still having about a, I think he signed a three-year deal. So he had like a year left on his contract and then he could play there. Um, but jumping now, I don't know if he'd be the smartest move career-wise, but, you know, that's what I thought also when Von Miller jumped from uh, from the Rams team to go to the Buffalo Bills team. But either way, I think he's still on a Super Bowl contending team. But fascinating stuff. Uh, as far as a possibility of that happening, I kind of would like to see that happen, shake things up a little bit. But I also kind of want to see him go to maybe in the Ravens. I think the Ravens could use him. I think his services could be used anywhere. But I think the two teams that are pulling probably the hardest are the Rams because they just won the Super Bowl and they want him back. And Von Miller's calling him from Buffalo. And yeah. Buffalo's in a great situation as well. We'll have to see what happens with that because that'll be an interesting and probably a big deal. I'd, I'd imagine it's going to affect the Rams' offense somewhat. Um, yeah, somewhat. For, sure. for sure. So we'll have to see. All right, let's talk biggest myths from training camp so far. Yeah, so I think there's there's a few myths that kind of circle circulate in the NFL in the preseason, and one of those being um, preseason should only be for young guys and not for you know vets. And I think what a lot of people are thinking is you don't want to risk any injury to any of the vets, so let's not you know play them and let's not you know get them in a situation where they could be injured at any point. Uh, but I think that's a myth because you like Josh McDaniel said, you have to put them out there. You have to give them an opportunity to get hit because when they get hit, they have less opportunities to get injured. In that hall of fame game, five or six guys got injured and came back just because it was like a cramp or some type of tweak, but it was not something that was going to keep them out for a long time. And so when you put them in, yes, there's a chance of injury, but I think it's just been frowned upon for whatever reason. But in reality, all starters and all people should be playing in the Hall of Fame game and preseason game. They should not be rested because then you upgrade the chance um, for injury for any sort of vet that you might want on, you know, like to play later. Uh, and I think that's something that's really harmful for the, for the NFL. I think it's harmful for the fans. Uh, I think it's just harmful in every way because. I think as the NFL is right now, they need to have the guys play. They need that just upgrades the whole of uh, the preseason. Uh, it upgrades the amount of people that want to go to the preseason. There's just so many stuff it opens up if they're just willing to let that happen. And I get it. You're afraid of the risk factor of injury and all that. And that's, you know, something that's just been kind of happening, but football is a game where you could get injured at any moment. But now because you have less time in practice, as far as, you know, with shoulder pads and, you know, fully padded before the hall of fame game, Playing them just makes logical sense, and that's why I thought it was kind of overblown when Josh Jacobs played. The other thing I think is a myth is 
and this is more of an NFL, not really preseason. One bad year makes a player or a team bad. And I think what like what the the um what the take of the league is is that one year is just enough to make a, t- a team or a player just horrible. And the the player could have a tremendous career right before that year, and then all of a sudden they just take a little bit of a nosedive, have a bad year. But then after that, the perspective on the media, the perspective of the fans, the perspective of the other teams just shifts from them and says, okay, they're not really worth the time uh, or the energy. Like it just they just kind of get washed up like that. And that and I think that's a problem. I think if someone needs to be like bad, it needs to be for an overall long time. So I think that's kind of similar for Russell Wilson, where he had a couple bad years. And all of a sudden, we're saying he needs to win in Buff. He needs to win in uh, in Denver to be considered to have his own legacy. When he went in Seattle, got drafted, turned the franchise around, got into back-to-back Super Bowl, won one of those Super Bowls, and lost by, you know, a bad play call. And all of a sudden, now he's a bad player just because he has a bad couple bad years with a bad squad. And now he needs to prove himself again. Uh, and then on the other side of the coin is um, a player is bad or a player is not given his full chance of being great just because of who's around him. And what I mean by that is Matthew Stafford's a key example of this. He played for a bad Detroit Lions franchise, and everyone said, oh, Matthew Stafford's a terrible quarterback, or the Rams got a steal for getting him, even though he turned him around and got him all the way to the Super Bowl on his first season. So I think I think that's a problem as well. I think you just because, you know... It's not looking at their actual ability. It's looking about who's around them and then casting judgment on that particular player or team. That shouldn't really be how it is. It should be more of how do they actually play, who they actually are, and then make some you know, changes or plays to that. And I think in a lot of ways, that's the way the NFL is right now. If you don't win enough, uh, your talent it gets thrown out the window and we just look about look at the entire team as opposed to shrinking it down and looking at the individual players. And I think Matthew Stafford's a perfect example of what can happen if you look at the talent of the team and not just the team that he was a part of. Now, it's not always going to work. Sam Darnold didn't really work out. But, I mean, I think a lot of times players are put in situations that they might not want to be in just because they're drafted their first pick or whatever, and they're not given a full opportunity as far as, as, far as uh, being – uh, you know, a great, a great player. So I think in a lot of ways, I think the NFL needs to be careful with that and not let that become a thing. But those are the biggest myths that I think are circulating the NFL and kind of dominated the NFL. But I think in particular that those two ending ones where the players judged by the people around and not his skill. And also the one about, um, one bad year makes you a bad player or a bad team. Mm-hmm. is kind of ridiculous. And I, I think, Partly because I think, you know, Russ Wilson has great talent, but we're saying he he's worse than like a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who basically has the same resume in the playoffs. At the, but I think uh, Russell Wilson has a little bit better of a resume. But even like Tom Brady, right before he went to the Bucks, even me included, because I got lost in this type of th- uh, this, this feel, Tom Brady had a bad first season and everyone's like, oh, he's decreasing. He's going to go to Tampa. He's going to suck. He's not going to play well. He's going to, you know, fall off the edge and, you know, and it's just going to kind of go bad or whatever. And then the last myth that I think the media struggles with a lot is the media should not be a hot take, you know, uh, factory. And I think a lot of times media just likes to, you know, make hot takes about players um, like Tom Brady's not going to succeed or Russell is not going to go to Denver and win or this is going to be the off year for this team or this is going to be off year to this team. And, and they just make bold predictions about stuff. And I think it's I think I've just been thinking about it a lot. And that's why I don't do it that much on the podcast where I'll make some predictions if I'm sure about it. Like I, I looked at the stats. I looked at everything. And it's not really a hot take. It's just 
my personal opinion about it. And I think that's the other thing about it is the media drives the fans' attention on players, which then makes the players look bad, which then, you know, makes the cycle even worse. So I think those are the biggest myths that are circulating around the NFL. Um, And so you won't hear me make a whole lot of hot takes because of that. And I just want to look at the, you know, what's going on in the field and make predictions off of that. So my prediction is, and not a hot take, Russell Wilson's going to have a lot of success in Denver, and I can't wait to see that. Uh, And I, you know, I think this is, that's, I think this preseason, I hope players play and I hope they're on the field and I hope they field them because I think it's good for the NFL uh, as far as for fans, because fans will pay money to go see preseason games. They don't want to see all the backups, right? I get that to a certain extent for, you know, because of coaches, but they want to see the starters as well. So you're helping fans out, making it more enjoyable, but just feeling the starters for a possession or two, maybe even a couple, like maybe even a first quarter. Yes, you risk, run the risk of injury, but that's just the NFL where it's a physical, physical sport. So I just think those are the biggest myths that I've been cycling on since the Hall of Fame game and since that whole rumor about Josh Jacobs came to be. But those are the things I really think about. And so, uh, yeah, those are the biggest myths. Uh, do you agree? Yeah, I think that, like, especially when you said about the media doing the hot takes and stuff, stuff that's detrimental to the sport. And that's something you see across all sports is kind of a fickleness on the player's part, the media's part, fans' part. So... Yeah, I would agree on that. We'll have to see how things play out as we're coming up on the NFL season, fast approaching. Yes, preseason, sir. first game, ago. when is that? When's the first oh, preseason, preseason game? Oh, preseason game, Thursday. Uh, I can tell you. Let me look it up. I know it's Thursday, but you know the exact timing is important. Yeah, and also I'm looking this up. Uh, I thought I mentioned it. The NFL has decided their next biggest rule is going to be, I believe, illegal contact for not allowing not as big a hits happening, hmm. apparently. Uh, the first game is the New York Giants versus the Patriots at 6 o'clock okay. Central Time. So eight, 7 o'clock uh, Eastern Time, which is what everyone bases off. So I'll just go Eastern Time. And then you also get the Baltimore Ravens versus the Titans at uh, 7.30 Eastern Time. So about 30 minutes between the two. And then after that, Friday, you get a first game at five, uh, 6 o'clock Central, or Eastern Time. And then Saturday starting at uh, 1 o'clock uh, Eastern Time. And then Sunday... 425 Eastern time. So we're getting into the swing of football yep. season and we're exactly one month out from the very first game of the season. All right. And everybody better get their fantasy drafts in. If you guys haven't checked out sneaky good yet on our YouTube channel, go ahead and check that out. Lots of great info for your fantasy draft. Good talking sports with you today. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We'll do it again soon. Yeah. Sounds fun. See you. God bless.